Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Thursday, June 8th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Kevin Beach with you, ready to break down Game 3 NHL Stanley Cup Final with Vegas, now going to Florida with a 2-0 series lead. We'll break that down uh, in just a moment. But first, we have to acknowledge and recognize the birthday boy, Alex B. Smith, 34 years old, uh, getting better with age, as I like to say. At least I, I always keep telling myself that when I get a year older, even though I don't always feel that way. But uh, Alex, happy birthday. It's been a pleasure to know you and call you friend and colleague and co-worker and really co-founder, if you will, uh, of the Ice Guys here uh, many, many years ago. And uh, happy birthday and to many more to you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. Yeah, it's crazy. I know like, we've known each other and been working together for a decade now at this point. It's so funny. It's been a it's been a hell of a decade. <laughs> I get to yeah. tell you that. For, a lot of ups 20, and downs. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of changes. 20, yeah. Yes. From twenty four to thirty four has been a, a, a interesting journey. But we're still I mean, here. All, yeah. Still here. Still here and kicking. And that, that's the important part. But no. But thanks to everybody. I've gotten some great messages and kind words and calls and emails and texts and DMs already. So thanks everybody and everybody in the chat wishing me a happy birthday. I appreciate it. It's uh, fun and you know what better you know way to celebrate a birthday than having some Stanley Cup hockey action uh, at the end of the, at the night. So. Uh, should be a good one. Should be a fun day. Yeah, what I love about the friendship I have with Alex is uh, we've been we've been basically co-workers the whole time through the Ice yeah. Guys show. And <laughs> let me just put it this way: we've been kicked off a lot of fucking networks and platforms. To get to this <laughs> yeah. point. we're still here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're still going. You can't get yeah. rid of us, all right? Whether you want to or not, you're stuck with us. You can't get rid of us. We only get stronger uh, as the uh, years go on, uh, or so we hope to believe. Uh, Kevin, um, welcome back. Uh, nice to have you with us twice this week, uh, Kevin Beach being able to uh, join us. Um, and again, we were all uh, on the show Monday when we did the re- interview with uh, the great le- a longtime uh, play-by-play broadcaster, Paul Romanuk. And I implore you to watch that uh, interview or download the podcast of that interview. If you haven't seen or listened to it already, it is worth it. Uh, it was a- a- absolutely terrific. Uh, Kevin, uh, how are things with you? Awesome. Yeah, that interview with Paul was uh, was unreal. Uh, a lot of great insight. Uh, yeah, you get you get a lot of I think like we've talked to a lot of players or you've talked to a lot of players, but to have a, you know, an actual play by play guy who's been involved in so many big games was uh, quite a treat. And uh, Alex, yeah, great to spend your birthday with you. So happy birthday, man. And uh, ready, ready to go here for, for game three. Yeah, there we go. There's the birthday messages. I'm going to flash up a couple of them. Trisha, our guy occupancy, yeah, nice. uh, all wishing Alex happy birthday. Real deal prime as well. It'll probably be the same. It'll probably be the same. Yeah, be, though, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Uh, miracles do happen every now and then. Right about that. Yeah, but that... That's funny. That's uh, good comment. stuff. I mean, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Happy birthday to Alex and uh, many more. Uh, we appreciate that. Barry as well. There we go. Barry Adelson. Uh, Happy birthday, Alex. To celebrate <laughs> with a thumping by uh, Bennett uh, tonight. Uh, in uh, obviously referring to Sam Bennett here for the uh, Florida 
uh, Panthers. Uh, so good stuff indeed. Before we get into game three specifically, just a couple news and notes in terms of some NHL stuff that's happened here the uh, last uh, couple of days. We have seen some uh, interesting news, um, uh, some interesting broadcasting news, man. Darren Pang going to Chicago now and becoming part of the uh, Blackhawks broadcast uh, will be with Chris Foster's uh, next year. Um, it's going to be, uh, it, it's gonna, it's actually good to see him go in there because he played his career with the Black. It was only three years uh, with Chicago in a backup role, but uh, it's the only team he played for uh, in his NHL career. And let's be honest, money did play a factor. For as nice a guy as Darren Pang is, you know, money always does play a factor in shit. Uh, of course, the PGA live crap this week is uh, uh, exhibit A for that. Um, but yeah, uh, there's issues with the, the, the company that runs the St. Louis Blues regional television network, Bally, we know they've had all kinds of issues, you know, with uh, flirting with bankruptcy. And, and it's and because of that, they're, uh, it's hard to pay top dollar for great broadcasting talent for their properties. And uh, that was part of the decision. But again, to go back to Chicago for uh, Darren Pang. So uh, that was some uh, big news. But there's also big news for Chicago in terms of one of their former players, uh, Alex DeBrinkett. Heavy trade talks going on with him. Heavy trade talks involving Carter Hart as well, or as uh, some of the Boston people. I know I always laugh my ass off when I hear uh, Rear Admiral Rear Admiral on the Spit and Chicklets podcast pronounce Carter Hart. Kata Hat uh, here for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers is on the trade block. And of course, we should, that's a great segue into what Philly did uh, earlier this week, That because we haven't even mentioned it yet on the show, the three-way trade that took place with Philly, Columbus, uh, and L.A., uh, Ivan Provorov uh, obviously uh, being sent uh, away. And in return, Philly got a huge haul uh, back uh, in that three-way deal. I was very impressed. They got a bunch of draft picks. They got a couple of really, really high upside prospects uh, in the deal as well. I thought Danny Briere just did an outstanding job. This was really the first major transaction that Danny Briere has made since becoming, at least becoming the permanent GM, full-time GM. He was the interim last year. I was very impressed with what he was able to get in return uh, for a defenseman that, look, didn't have his best season for Philadelphia last year, Ivan Provorov, but he's still going to be, I think, a, a good defenseman. One of those deals where I think change of scenery is going to be great for him. You watch, he'll probably play very well now that he's out of Philadelphia. But what the Flyers got back in return for him was uh, exceptional uh, as well. So I was very impressed with the uh, deal that the uh, Philadelphia Flyers made there, Alex. And uh, I'll tell you what, for the uh, first I guess business conducted as far as uh, trades or signings or whatever for the uh, Keith Jones president slash Danny Briere GM front office uh, pair, if you will, for the Flyers. I say thumbs up, a really nice deal for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact of Cal Peterson getting moved. That was the biggest thing that caught my eye in this trade. He needed to change the scenery, obviously. L.A. had to shed that big of a contract. You can't keep that in Ontario in the, in the, uh, in the AHL. So you have to move him. And I think that's a great landing spot for him. And now he said with Carter Hart potentially being on the move now, I mean, I'm reading reports talking about they want two first-round picks for him. <laughs> that's kind of funny. I don't think they're going to get that from anybody. But um, he, he I didn't think Danny was going to get what he got in that deal, though. So never know. True, this true. Guy, you, you never know. know. You never know. He's a master negotiator here. And it's gonna, yeah, yeah, he's gonna have to be really good, and he's gonna have to throw in a, a couple other pieces in, in with that too to make that happen. But I, I like what they're doing so far, and like I said, you know, this is the first domino falling. We talked about this. I mentioned this as early as January about how we're gonna see a lot of goaltenders move around, and I think I think that's gonna really kind of change the landscape of a lot of these middling teams, a lot of teams that got bounced early in the playoffs, a lot of teams that just missed the playoffs. 
we're going to see a lot of movement or moving around in, in net. And I think that's going to really uh, make an impact next season. No doubt. Um, as far as Carter Hart goes and Cal Peterson, those were, well, Cal, Carter Hart's still being talked about in the deal. Cal Peterson was involved in that Flyers Jackets Kings trade earlier this week. Kevin, is there salvaging Cal Peterson? Because Cal Peterson was thought of at one point to be, you know, a guy that might be a future number one goaltender for the LA Kings. And then he just had this horrendous start last year and he didn't even finish the season on the roster. It ended up, of course, being, well, quick then got traded, but it was quick. And then it was obviously. Uh, for a while, uh, and then they got uh, well. They got um, Corpusalo at the uh, trade deadline, but for a while there, they had uh, Quick and Copley uh, in LA, and all of a sudden, Cal Peterson's the uh, forgotten man. What do you think of Cal Peterson's game, Kevin? He was pretty solid at one point. Just fell off the radar and a bad run in, at the end of his tenure with LA. But no telling, he can't get it back. I think that's a possibility. He could get back, and a change of scenery is good for him. Yeah, his first uh, first three years in the league, like he he broke in like pretty well, like really good numbers. Um, you know, stole a job from from Jonathan Quick there, and then just just fell off. I mean, really, both those guys fell off. Jonathan Quick kind of at the end of his uh, you know storied career. Um, you know, you kind of expect that, but uh, you know, it was Cal Peterson's neck for the taking. Like they were they're grooming him, getting ready for him to to take over, and he kind of kind of just fell off here. Um, he's still, he's, he's only 28. So yeah, there's a lot of runway. Um, you know, there's been stories with a ton of guys, you know, I, I, who have kind of, yeah, I've been around the backup role, um, maybe even fallen down to the HL, come back and then all of a sudden, boom, 28, 29, they just, they find their game and they, they kind of, uh, start demanding the net. So I think for sure he, he still has a couple of years to, to kind of find his game here. Um, you know, you hope. You hope for Philly that it's it's now that's right away, especially to move on from, uh, from Carter Hart. You know, the sooner the better. But uh, yeah, this is this is a guy who deserves another chance as well. Uh, Goaltending is such a such a strange thing that you know sometimes a year, you know, even in just a different environment, you know, different goalie coach, just just working on a few different things. Uh, small changes could be the the difference between being a guy who can't even stick in the league and then being a starter, even going to the the NHL like All Star game. So. You've seen that with a few guys, a uh, handful of guys over the last five, ten years. Uh, Devin Dubnik like comes to mind. Um, even even Jack well, Jack Campbell's had sways in you know every, every possible direction you can go. But uh, yeah, it doesn't take much for for goalie to, to find his game or lose his game. Um, you know, no better example with Probosky right now. So uh, yeah, I think I think Cal deserves a, a chance here in Philly, and I hope he finds his game. Yeah, obviously I do too. I mean, it's it's a situation where you don't like to see a guy at all. Just all of a sudden, you know, there's upside there. You know, he's shown the ability to be a pretty capable, competent goaltender in the past. Um, and um, all of a sudden now you see that things are kind of uh, going against him and his, his play obviously uh, declined last year. But again, sometimes all it takes is that uh, change of scenery. It's amazing how many times now, you know, in watching hockey for 30 years, I've seen a player just have a tough time getting his game together and getting it to where he needs it and wants it to be in one place gets traded. And all of a sudden it's like a different player uh, gets confidence. Maybe it, also when he goes to a new team, the coach doesn't have any preconceived notions, you know, just says, you know what, clean slate, who the fuck cares what happened in the previous destination. Uh, we're going to give you a chance really to uh, just, you know, relax, play your game. And, and it's amazing how often that gets someone to, uh, back on track when they've been uh, struggling. But uh, apparently, other than, other than the top, top seven, you know, maybe seven, eight goalies in the NHL who are 
your reliable, consistent starters where you know you're thrown out every night. Other than that, maybe that that's even too long of a list because um, the guys even even after the top three, four, like goaltending is such an inconsistent position. Um, so to go even even a year having a bad year and then, and then bounce back quickly, like it, it happens all the time. So it's very possible he can he can find his game quickly. Yeah, and to bring it now, as far as he's concerned, you know, this is a guy that's obviously going to get attention. Apparently, he's submitted what's quote unquote preferred destinations list to Pierre Dorian, the GM of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we'll see uh, who would be on that list. But you're talking about a guy that even in a new team last year, you know, he I think he had a slow start, but boy, he got it going. He still ended up with 66 points you know, in 82 games last year with the uh, Ottawa Senators. And obviously that's a bona fide top six forward that someone will be able to acquire in a deal. So Ottawa is definitely uh, on the, or at least listening uh, to potential offers uh, for Alex to bring it in Ottawa. And you talk about a busy GM in another Canadian market right now. How about uh, Kevin Shevel day off right now for Winnipeg? They are peddling Connor, not peddling, but they're listening. They're kicking the tires on Connor Hellebuck. They're at least exploring the market and seeing what teams would be willing to pony up in a deal for a guy that when he's on top of his game, he's one of the best goaltenders uh, in the NHL. I know the Buffalo Sabres uh, have been linked to uh, Winnipeg with talks about Hellebuck, and you talk about a team that desperately needs a bona fide NHL surefire goaltender, number one goaltender. Buffalo would be you know, right at or near the top of that list for sure. Uh, but that's not all. Pierre-Luc Dubois, it's the worst kept secret, really. Pierre-Luc Dubois wants out of Winnipeg. I think he's been wanting out of Winnipeg since early last year. I mean, this is not breaking news or anything. Uh, we know that he's been looking for uh, a new destination. And I know Montreal has long been uh, in the conversation for um, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, with uh, Winnipeg. But there's other teams that would certainly be interested in him. Kind of a flighty player at times last year. Uh, no doubt, you know, he had some incredible runs and then there's be, you know, six or seven games in a row where he just goes completely quiet and, and kind of struggles, but there's no doubt he's a big body presence, power forward, uh, you know, can win face off, score your goals, contribute offensively, be pretty solid, especially when he wants to be and he's committed and he's, and, and the efforts there defensively as well. So Pierre-Luc Dubois will definitely garner interest. There's no question, uh, from various teams. I mentioned Hellebuck, you know, Buffalo's in the mix. Montreal is apparently putting their name into the ring as well. Uh, talk about Montreal interested in Dubois. Apparently they're listening on Hellebuck as well, or at least they're trying to explore what they'd have to give up to get Connor Hellebuck. And when you look at Montreal's goaltending situation, uh, Jake Allen, you know, is just, you know, the twilight of his career at this point. And really he's not someone I think you want as a, on number one at this point in his career. I think they really like what they're seeing and the progress being made by Samuel Montembeau. I thought for a pretty bad hockey team last year, he played reasonably well uh, for a lot of that season last year. And then he has an excellent World Hockey Championship uh, just now playing for Canada, where I thought he played great in that tournament. So maybe there's uh, a thought process for Marty Saint-Louis, for Kent Hughes, the GM, that, hey, maybe we'll give Montembeau a little rope here to be the number one goaltender next year, see how that goes. They decide, ah, we're still not quite ready to fully give the job to Montembeau. Maybe they do bring in a Connor Hellebuck and get a deal done with Winnipeg uh, to get him here in Montreal, but definitely interest there. Uh, those two Jets, Alex, and also you can talk about Debrinket if you have something to say regarding him, but uh, those three names this week have suddenly popped up. Uh, Hawk, well, a little hard in there, but Hart, Hellebuck, Dubois, and Debrinket four names where it's basically open season now for these teams listing the trade offers for these four players. 
Yeah, I mean, and Hellebuck is obviously the biggest piece uh, in, in that of uh, those four guys. For him to go to Buffalo would be massive. And we talked about it kind of a little bit on the, the Batcast the other night if you were watching. I said, Hellebuck goes to, to Buffalo. Not only are they a playoff team for the first time in forever, they're winning that first-round series. Uh, that tandem with him and, and Devin Levi is – Good as he looked already, of course, small sample size. But the fact now that he gets to be a true number two goaltender, you don't have to worry about him being 1A, 1B. He gets all the time in the world to develop at the NHL level because Hellebuck's a guy who can eat a bunch of of, of minutes. However, we talked about how Hellebuck should probably get a little bit more rest because he's been such a workhorse for Winnipeg. If Levi emerges as a guy who's ready right now to play 25, 30 games, then he could step in in that role. That would make a, a great scenario in that goaltending room in Buffalo if they could land him and, and, and moving UPL to Winnipeg, which is more likely to be part of that deal if it happens. I think that's a great fit too. You know, he's right there. He's on the cusp of being an NHL goalie. Don't know if he's going to be a true number one or maybe a 1A, 1B. I think Winnipeg would be a good landing place for him, and I think that's a, a team where he could easily take the reins and be the starter uh, sooner than later. So that would be a great move for sure. To bring it, uh, of course, I mean, I'd love to see the break if he can come back to Chicago in some, some form or fashion, but I doubt that that is the case. But whoever lands him, I think he'll get, uh, you know, I think he'll have a much better full season wherever he lands next year. I think, you know, the trade, I think, kind of maybe caught him off guard a little bit going to Ottawa. Ottawa's situation was kind of up and down. We all thought they were going to be this great team that can make a playoff push. Then they had the rough start. Then they kind of tried to creep back in the middle of the year and it just wasn't enough. There's too many other good teams in that division and conference. So I think he'll get his footing back wherever he does land. It'd be great if it was back in the west side of Chicago. Uh, but like I said, the Hellebuck move, that's going to be the biggest piece because, like I said, that changes everything with where these other goaltenders land between now and, and, and the rest of free agency and just also bolsters uh, that Buffalo lineup. That makes them a true contender in the Atlantic and a true contender in the East tonight. Yeah, real deal. Prime saying UPL is an Uko Pekalukinen for Buffalo. Can't be sent down to HL. If they were to acquire Halibut, he'd be yeah, going the other it, way. Yeah, he'd have to go that. There's yeah. no question. Yeah, no doubt about it. He'd be going the other way. And really, he's become, ex- I don't want to say expendable, because they're still he's still very young. But there's nothing I've seen out of UPL that tells me he's ready yet for the end. There's just there was no consistency in his game, you know. Yeah. And he had some brilliant nights. There's no doubt. There, there's something there. There's talent there. There's upside there. There's potential to be uh, a damn good NHL goalie, but he's still not at that consistency level. I honestly thought, in a, albeit a smaller sample size, from a consistency standpoint, Devin Levi already has Uko Pekka and beat because I thought the way Devin Levi played, it was just more consistency. You know, there's going to be maybe the odd night where he's okay, not great, but I'm not going to have those clunkers, those really bad nights, you know, that – UPL had unfortunately a few too many times. So, but he had some spectacular nights. I remember that fucking road trip Buffalo had last year when they went through Colorado and Dallas and all these tough teams out west. And UPL was playing great on that road trip, but something he wasn't able to sustain, uh, unfortunately, uh, throughout the uh, course of the season. I am perfectly fine with Buffalo getting Hellebuck because I don't want Devin Levi playing 75, 80 games yet. No way. He's very too young for that. No way do I want that. And it's a great match for Hellebuck because he's at the stage of his career, and Alex pointed this out perfectly, that you know he can't play 70s, 80 games anymore, uh, year in, year out. He's going to just wear this guy down. You know He's already played a shit ton of hockey the last several years in Winnipeg. So it's a perfect fit where you can give Hellebuck 50, 55 games, and you can give, or 60 even, and you can give Levi the rest. You know, something like that where obviously you give more than half to Hellebuck, 
But you're also going to get Devin Levi a ton of meaningful playing time as well, you know, upwards of 25, 30 games. So that's why I think a Hellebuck, Devin Levi goaltending battery uh, in Buffalo would be very nice, I think, for them. And he'd be able to learn off a veteran goaltender and one of the best the last few years in the NHL. So I think it would be a phenomenal tandem for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And uh, again, I think they can live and survive if they don't have Hellebuck because they'll just gravitate to Levi's the number one guy and he'll probably play a few more games. But I think having that veteran presence there to help Devin Levi out in his first full season in the NHL with the Buffalo Sabres, it would be just terrific for his development. Yeah, I agree with Alex there. I think you get Hellebuck in Buffalo. Like, I think that's an instant, like their playoff team instantly. Um, There's only handful of NHL guys who play the amount of minutes. They've Hellebuck suddenly got has. one of the better duos, goaltending duos yeah. in the NHL Easily. if they get yeah. Hellebuck. Easily. Oh, 100%. Like, there's only a handful of guys who play the amount of games he has, like the last handful of game, like years, and put up the numbers he has. Like, he's he's a top five NHL guy. So, like, you put him you put him anywhere, and that, that's a huge boost to the team. Um, and then I agree, Ian, with your point. Like, for, for Devin, Devin Levi, like, He's he's ready, but it would be a great great addition to his development to to learn from from Connor there, uh, and then yeah, like you said, like it instantly be one of the top top combos uh, in the league, um, and then hopefully hopefully Winnipeg gives UPL kind of chance there to develop. Uh, he looks like he needs a little more a little more kind of conditioning, a little more time to to find his game at the NHL level. Um, obviously, Buffalo looks like they're ready just to kind of light the gas here and and. You know, it looks like it could be a rocket ship with, with the young guys they have. And, and uh, you know, the next next couple of years are going to be pretty exciting for them. Yep, no doubt. And, of course, we mentioned on Monday's show, uh, Greg Cronin hired as head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Jimmy said it perfectly on Monday's show that Greg Cronin uh, knows Pat Verbeek, the GM of the Anaheim Ducks, very well. Uh, it was kind of a choice that made sense in terms of there's familiarity there. He's done a good job in the AHL. That Colorado Eagles team that he coached in the AHL, Greg Cronin, they've done very well. So, uh, I, I don't mind the hire, and uh, so we'll see how it goes in Anaheim, which means now we only have two more um, openings for head coaches. We still don't have a head coaching announcement in New York yet with the Rangers, and obviously we're still waiting on the Calgary Flames uh, as well, the two remaining head coaching uh, vacancies uh, in those two areas. I mean, I've heard everybody floated around the Rangers, uh, Peter Laviolette, John Hines. Um, there was some talk about Patrick Waugh, but I think the Rangers shot that down from what I've read uh, about Patrick Waugh going there. Uh, Calgary, they've been all over the map. They've been talking to a bunch of uh, different uh, – Mitch Love, their AHL coach with the Wranglers uh, in play. Gerard Gallant was in play, but apparently they veered away in a different direction with that. Um, Travis Green, former Vancouver Canucks head coach, has been linked with uh, Calgary. So they're still you know, going through their process of – higher in their next head coach, but uh, New York and Calgary, we're still waiting on them. Any guesses, Alex, who you think might be hired in these two uh, teams? I don't know why I got a feeling New York might be waiting on a call from the NHL saying that somebody might be cleared before they make a, oh, a head coach coaching Q. hire. Yeah, you got to wonder. I got that feeling. Yeah. I got that feeling. As far as, as Calgary goes, I think Mitch Love would be the great choice. Go younger, go with someone who's experienced in-house, has worked with these young guys, had a great season with the Wranglers, and, and the year before the Stockton Heat, I think that's the way you, you know, build up young. Don't go old. I'm glad I didn't go with Gallant. You know, you, you already made that mistake with, with Sutter. You got to get younger. You, you got to have a new culture and identity built in, in Calgary. You need a, a new kind of, uh, you know, 
just march forward. I think Mitch loves the guy. Uh, they should go with him next. Yeah, and I'm very disappointed in the Rangers and the fact that initially there was some a lot of chatter that Chris Knobloch, the head coach of their AHL affiliate with the Hartford Wolfpack, was going to get a shot uh, to be the head coach. And now I'm not hearing anything about So it's almost like he's not even in the mix anymore, uh, Chris Knobloch, to be the uh, head coach of the uh, New York Rangers. And that's a shame because I think what Alex said is right. I like to see these guys that have coached in the minors that paid their dues to get the opportunity, especially if they're younger guys that relate to the younger players these days. Mitch Love would be a great candidate in Calgary. Uh, to go from the Wranglers to the Flames. Chris Knobloch going from Hartford to the New York Rangers would be great. I mean, Chris uh, Knobloch's only in his 40s. He's a young guy, new ideas. He's worked his way up. Why not give him a shot to be Rangers head coach? Why do we have to recycle the same guys all the time? Laviolette, John Hines for the millionth time. I mean, enough already. Let's give, let's give some young up-and-coming coaches that have really worked their ass off to advance themselves in their careers to get that shot. Why? Why can't we do that? Um, so that's that's the frustrating part uh, for me, especially with what's going on in New York. You got a guy right there in Knobloch that I think deserves an opportunity, and, and especially now you've gone through the older coach way of doing things the last few times. Tortorella, Gallant, uh, not so much Quinn. Quinn was a little younger, but still you've done it multiple times. Um, do something fresh for a change. Speaking of something fresh, we got Jimmy uh, Murphy fresh in the car uh, wherever he is. Jimmy, what's going on? How you doing, guys? Yeah, just bouncing around in the car right now. But, um, yeah, this, what, did something happen? I, I've been off Twitter for, like, the last uh, half hour, so did something happen with the Rangers? Uh, no, no, but nothing's happened yet. We haven't heard anything. We were just talking about this, uh, just updating the news and notes. We talked a little bit of the uh, Philly-Columbus and L.A. trade earlier this week and uh, talking about how we've heard Debrinket and uh, Dubois and a couple other players in uh, trade discussions right now. Okay. Uh, and of course, the vacancies uh, that are remaining yep. in Calgary. We're trying to forecast who's going to which city, um, and it's hard to right now. The, the Rangers are up in the air. Calgary really hasn't moved with full. Uh, Craig Conroy is uh, taking his damn time. Let's put it that way to hire a head coach as well, just like Chris Drury. Yeah, you know, I heard what you were just saying about Knobloch, and I look. I agree with you. I'm I'm tired of of these veteran coaches being recycled and everything, but I just think. When it comes to the Rangers specifically, and uh, this is a team that feels they're right there, and they're veteran-laden, and they're just knocking on the door as far as they can see. So I think that's why you are going to see a Laviolette. I, I think he's going to get the job. I may be wrong, but I think he's the perfect type right now just for that team because he's proven time and time again that he's a guy that can come in and jumpstart a team, take a team that was knocking on the door, bring him over the hump. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he's only hoisted the cup once, obviously, with Carolina. But, I mean, he got that Flyers team over the hump in 2010. Nashville to the cup final. Nashville yep. to the cup final, exactly. So I just think he's he's the type of fit they're looking for. I don't get the John Hines thing. I, I, I mean, I'm on record on this show. I'm telling you, I, I think John Hines is an amazing assistant coach. I just, he's just how many times can he prove that he's not a good head coach? Yep. Uh, you know, what do you want? I mean, I don't know why he's, he would get another chance. I have no idea. Maybe maybe it's the BU connection with Chris Jury uh, that's making that happen right now. But that's about it. You know, when it comes to John Hines, I don't think he's a good fit for that team right now. But I do want to see other young coaches get a fit there. And you look at Calgary, guys. I don't know. I mean, uh, what's their deal? Is Conroy, is he going to kind of revamp things? Then maybe he does go with a younger coach. But if he 
feels he's kind of in a similar similar position than the range is to you know to just sort of get over the hump there and, and they can make some damage in the playoffs next year then maybe he brings a veteran guy in we'll see but I would think Laviolette is the guy unless all of a sudden Chris Drury decides to call Patrick Waugh. Uh, th- that'll be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, no doubt. You know what he reminds me of? John Hines a little bit. Mike Kitchen. Just a little bit. Yeah, Mike Kitchen's a hell call. of an assistant coach all these yep. years and many decades in the NHL. Started with Pat Burns in Toronto when they went to the conference finals back-to-back years, early 90s. It was his first yeah. foray as an assistant coach in the NHL. Those great Leaf teams then that almost got to the Stanley Cup final. And then he's been many years, decades even, as an assistant. But that one little opportunity he got as a head coach, I think it was in St. Louis, didn't go well. You know, he only lasted a couple years there, and that was it. That's John Hines. John Hines, you're right. I think he's a better assistant coach. Uh, And I think it's proven now uh, the last uh, few uh, seasons um, with New Jersey and Nashville. All right, uh, good stuff. Um, We'll be back to talk game three it's time to talk game three vegas and florida we'll break it down for you in just a moment everyone on youtube hit the like button we appreciate it very much back to preview game three of the stanley cup final right after we hear from gramco support for the ice gas is brought to you by gramco whether you or your team's game is on the field screen racetrack court or the ice gramco is for the game grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics gramco provides customers with consistent quality delta 8 thc products ready for any occasion Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, Use promo code ICEGUYS. You'll get 20% off of every order, and any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right. Game three, NHL Stanley Cup final. Uh, By the way, some uh, ICEX, yeah, Mike kitchen is what i uh, obviously meant it, it, it's, uh, maybe i said the uh, k or didn't enunciate the k enough if, if it sounded like my kitchen i apologize for that but uh, yeah mike kitchen uh is who i was referring to there all right game three stanley cup final uh tonight as the scene shifts to sunrise fla live arena uh we've got the uh, vegas golden knights and the florida panthers florida minus 120 home favorites six the total here in game three note the total six here for uh, game three tonight, the first six of the series after game one and game two are both five and a half. So we've seen the adjustment obviously being made after we saw two overs uh, in the first two games of this series. Look, for Florida, this has to be a game where it's just you don't leave anything in the holster, especially early. You've got to come out. You've got to dictate the play. You've got to be, you know, obviously their physicality has not just matched yours it's exceeded yours in the first two games of this series, Vegas, I mean, over Florida. But you've got to play good physical hockey, but do it smart. Because I think while Vegas is doing a brilliant job beating Florida, Florida is helping them out by kind of beating themselves. The amount of penalties, the lack of discipline, just their insistency, you know, in trying to get shit started after the whistle, just these face-washing 
and these, you know, jabs that, you know, you're seeing multiple Florida Panthers try to throw at Vegas players after the whistle and these extra shot, extra cross check, extra whack of the stick, extra jab in the face, that kind of shit. And it's given them, you know, it's gotten them in big time penalty trouble. Now, I know the Panther fan, there's been some that have been critical of the officiating saying they're being too harsh with this. They're calling every little thing that we do. Maybe a couple weren't warranted, but the majority were. You've just got to get that shit corrected. You've got to play hard and play physical, but do it in between the whistles. You can't be doing it again uh, one, uh, after the whistle and taking these extra penalties because it's just killing your momentum. And as I always say, when you're taking too many penalties in a hockey game, you don't get your best players on the ice as much because many of them don't kill penalties. So it, it's just a domino effect in a negative light for the Florida Panthers. So, you know, they definitely have to play with a lot more discipline. I, I don't know. Does the change in venue going from T-Mobile arena in, in Vegas to uh, FLA live arena in Florida, you know, give the refs a chance to maybe give Florida a better whistle. You know, are they going to be a little more lenient on the Panthers? I'm not so sure about that, but it's got to start with how the Florida Panthers conduct themselves on the ice and play hard, play physical, you know, bring that element, which you need to in a Stanley cup final, but do it before the whistle blows, do it. And, and once the whistle blows, don't, you can't involve yourself in these face washing and cross checking a guy, a Vegas player after the whistle. You, you know why you can't do it? Because they're doing it to draw retaliation from the Vegas golden Knights and they aren't retaliating. Nobody is, you know, so Kachuk was grabbing Petrangelo by the scruff of the jersey and putting his glove right in his face. And it's a stinky, sweaty, smelly glove. No one wants that shit in their face. It's very easy to just lose it on someone when they're doing that to you. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, you're in the box for a retaliation penalty. Petrangelo didn't do that. Nobody on Vegas is retaliating to any of these things that Florida are doing after the whistle. So it's got to stop. Okay, it's not working. It didn't work in game one. It didn't work in game two. Play hockey, all right? Play in between the whistles. That's what Florida has to do uh, here tonight uh, in this game. Um, I like Florida in the first period. That's all, though. Um, that's all I'm going to be betting here is that first period look on the uh, Florida Panthers. And obviously, to get a little more bang for my buck with it, we're going to go with the uh, plus 180 that you can find on Florida first period puck line uh, in this game. So that's Florida minus a half, plus 180. Uh, first period puck. It's a hell of a price, you know, and, and I think in this matchup here tonight, it's got to come and it's got to happen in the first 20 minutes. If Florida is going to win tonight, I don't see Florida winning tonight if they have a bad first period and they're trailing. It has to be a game where if they're going to win this game, it has to start with that opening 20 minutes, set the tone, you know, get into this series, use the crowd. Uh, and again, you're talking with the puck line here, plus 180 in the uh, first period puck line. I do like that quite a bit. Uh, actually, most of my betting action, at least as far as the sides and totals for tonight, it's going to be in the first 20 minutes, you know, because I'm right back to the well with over one and a half in the first period as well. I've talked about the over one and a half in the first period repeatedly here, and you can still get it at minus 120 at FanDuel, minus 125 uh, at Bet365, minus 130, you know, at DraftKings. So it's moved up a little bit, the juice, but not enough to take me off this bet. I mean, this has been something that's been extremely strong, especially for Vegas, going back to the Western Conference Finals, you know, where we have seen Vegas now, I believe it's something like five or six games in a row now, first period over, uh, has cashed for them uh, here in the Stanley Cup playoffs, going back to the Dallas series. So 
Uh, those are the, the primary bets for me, both of them first period looks. Uh, Florida, minus a half, plus 180, first period puck line, and uh, first period over one and a half, minus 120. Uh, for me here uh, in this game uh, as uh, well. So mostly first period looks. The draw, you know, it hasn't worked out here in two games, but I'll sprinkle on that. I did say I was going to look at the draw quite a bit. If ever there's going to be a draw, it could be tonight. You know, change of scenery. It's a vital game for the uh, Florida Panthers down 2 nothing in this series. Uh, but primary bets are first period puck line, Florida plus 180 and over one and a half minus 120 first period as well for uh, Vegas and Florida. Alex, what do you think here? Game three, Vegas, Florida. So it's really interesting, right? And, and I know this history because of obviously the date, but this is the first time there will be a game three in Florida since 1996 when that game three, that was the first ever Stanley Cup final game in Panther history, also played on June 8th. Uh, and they played against Colorado. And ironically enough, they were down 0-2 in that series, heading back home. Sure enough, ended up losing in four straight. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, you know, moments and instances when you're watching game two where you just saw just everything just completely come apart, you know. Uh, and we saw that in game one. You think, okay, the frustration, you know, trying to set the tone for the series. Yeah, we're going to see that animosity. But just sheer just boneheadedness from so many guys uh, wearing the red and white. And, and Florida just can't not allow themselves to do that. They cannot allow to give Vegas power play chances with how hot this offense is getting, you can't allow to let Aiden Hill get hot, uh, you know, and, and not, you know, give him, you know, you have to pepper him with quality shots and quality chances and good looks and get traffic in front of him. They're not doing any of that right now. They're not getting any of the space in the middle of the ice. We talked about that in nauseam about how they were able to do that with other teams. But Vegas takes that away from you. They own the ice. And until they can try to get some piece of the ice back, uh, this is going to be Vegas' series. And, and Florida, like I said, they have to come out swinging – Everything they got to dump the tank out as far as I'm concerned in the first period. Uh, so I like the Florida on the first period puck line, but I also did add a couple of a quarter unit bets to what I've already had. I essentially, now have Vegas to win the series in each of the games. So Vegas in four at plus 300, Vegas in five at plus 250. I already had Vegas in six and Vegas in seven uh, before the series started. So I just pretty much have a whole unit spread across that now. Uh, with this spot because the Florida does not win this first period. I think they lose this game. I think they lose the series and they could easily get swept. We just saw it last year with Florida and Tampa Bay. It's got that same kind of feel there where Vegas just has all the momentum on their side. So Florida has got to come out and play 20 minutes of game three. Like it's the last 20 minutes of game seven. And, and if they don't do that, then uh, it might be curtains for them. So the only thing I'm looking at here is Florida first period puck line. I see this highest plus 180 laying the half of goal. I got plus one. Yeah, definitely. Plus 175, plus 180, and that range is what you can get with the Florida first period puck line. I think that's, it's from a value standpoint, it's absolutely the best value bet if you like Florida. It's better than minus 120. I'd, I'd take plus 180 for that first period puck line with Florida in a heartbeat over the full game money line uh, because um, I, I think they're going to have the lead after the first, but I could either see them building on the lead and winning after the first period, or I could see Vegas hanging around, getting stronger as the game goes on, as they typically do. And then they tie the game and they end up getting the win and going up three, nothing. I think it could go either way, but what I am pretty confident in is that Florida will have a very good first 20 minutes. And again, you get plus plus one eighty with that for the puck line instead of a minus minus one twenty. So uh, definitely uh, prefer that. And again, I'm right back to the well with the first period over. I kind of lean to the full game over again, but I don't like it as much as six at six. I will say this though, the first, uh, the games, the first two games in this series in Vegas 
they averaged 7.1 expected goals per game. Okay, 7.1 expected goals per game average in the first two games of this series. So that tells you that there's been tons of danger chances. It's been more wide open than we thought. But more than anything, it's at 7.1 expected goals per game in the first two games because of all the penalties. You know, it's been a penalty parade, largely Florida penalties. But that has influenced the expected goals uh, count and why it's probably higher than we otherwise would have thought. Um, so I think if obviously Florida reigns in the discipline, you're, you're eventually going to see maybe a lower scoring game in this series. Um, but I'm not convinced of that fully. Um, so that's why the full, the full game total is tricky. Um, and I, I, I still, I still think if, if we get to an elimination game, we're, we're eventually going to see some tighter hockey. We are we're going to see some lower scoring hockey once we get to those elimination games, but uh, I'm on the fence at five and a half. I probably do bet the full game over at six. I lean that way, but I don't like it as much. I just love the first period over though, in particular, because I think it's got to be aggression early from Florida, get on the board. And it's not asking much right now to get two goals in the first period of a Vegas playoff game in particular. This has been a consecutive game over streak in the first period for them uh, going back to the uh, Dallas series. Jimmy, what do you think here? Game three, Jimmy's back in his comfortable confines of home now. What do you think here for game three? Yeah, guys, uh, look, I, I like you. I, I'm with you. I love that first period puck line for Florida. Um, I think they come out flying and they, they'll have a lead after one there. However, I, I don't think uh, by any means does that mean they're going to go on to victory. Um, and I like your call on a draw, too. So those are two of my plays right there uh, is the first period puck line, Florida and the draw have no idea, really, who's going to end up winning this one. So I'll just stick with that when it comes to the sides. But in terms of player props, guys, I look for Aaron Ekblad to have a big game tonight. I, I think he's way, way overdue. Uh, he kind of, you know. Really seized the moment early on in the playoffs. Uh, this is a guy that's really been with that team since for a while now. I mean, he's been going at it since that new ownership came in there, right? And so he seemed pretty excited when he, that he finally got on a run here in the playoffs. Uh, but he's kind of faded off. So I like him. I like his over shots, uh, over two and a half shots there for Aaron Ekblad. Uh, and I like him to score a goal as well. So I like the odds there. All right, there we go. Liking a, a shot here with uh, Aaron Ekblad uh, here tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers, and we'll see if he is able to uh, uh, dent the uh, twine and get on a run. And, of course, you're right. Uh, this is a guy that's capable, you know, of contributing from the back end uh, from an offensive perspective. We just haven't seen uh, much of it. Even Montour's offense has kind of cooled off, you know, here after that uh, torrid start he had, particularly in the Boston series uh, in the uh, first round. But uh, those two guys got to play big. Uh, it's a huge boost for Florida that Radko Gudis is okay and, and that he's going to play tonight for them. Uh, and uh, it's big because he's played big here uh, in these uh, Stanley Cup playoffs for the uh, Florida Panthers. So to have uh, Radko Gudis ready to go uh, is important. I know Kevin might hit on some props uh, just quickly on that. What I would do in start of betting individual shots on goal props, I would do, uh, I've been doing this quite a bit, a same game parlay of this. Uh, shots on goal props for one team and a same game parlay shots on goal props for the other team. Just go for a bigger payout uh, instead, because I noticed that the uh, shots on goal numbers can really be a lot more variance and a lot more erratic with results for it. One game to the next in a playoff series. So I'd prefer taking the small shot with the same game parlays rather than bet them individually. But if you're going to look for players to shoot the puck for Florida, uh, you, you look for Bennett because he's the kind of guy that's been shooting the puck quite a bit. Kachuk, it goes without saying, 
he got to four shots on goal in the last game, even though he had what 30 plus minutes of penalties and he still had four shots on goal. Uh, so, you know, that's a sign that he can probably get over three and a half tonight for Hagee, uh, Barkov, Montour, Bennett, uh, Ekblad, Jimmy likes him. I mean, those are players that um, you would definitely maybe throw into a little bit of a, uh, parlay prop, if you will, for Florida. And then on the flip side, if you look at the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, many of their players that have been uh, contributing and shooting the puck quite a bit uh, for them, uh, it's been uh, usually uh, Eichel's been good with shooting the puck, but he's also been good dishing, but he's been going over. Mark Stone actually has seen his shot volume go up. Uh, William Carlson, Marcia, so it goes without saying, and Theodore and Petrangelo have been shooting the puck a lot more, Theodore in particular. So you might have value with their props as well for Vegas. And then as far as the point props, I'm really not going to go into too much detail because it's going to regurgitate everything I've said so far in this series. For I'd go Bennett and Kachuk for, and Verhage for Florida. Focus on those three guys uh, for Florida. And then for Vegas, it's basically that same group that I've been cashing in with repeatedly for point props. Marcia, so Barbashev. Um, Carlson, Stevenson, Nicholas Waugh, who is very capable of getting on the score sheet. And they're all like even money or plus money to get a point other than Marcia. So Marcia, so minus one fifty to get a point, which is still a bargain considering what he's done and the goal prop for Marcia. So because he's just popping in the goals like Pez dispensers right now uh, for the uh, Vegas golden Knights. So uh, yeah, those are all the props I'm interested in here. I know Kevin might have a few. What do you think here? Uh, Beachy with game three, Vegas, Florida. Yeah, for starters, Ian, so they have these uh, new methods of washing, like, hockey gear. So, like, gloves with, like, sprays, machines. So those face washes right now, they're, they're not as effective to get that, uh, you know, kind of counterpelling. And, not and as odorous, huh? No, yeah. no. So it's not uh, it's not doing the job because they got those new sprays and, and equipment. So those, those gloves are uh, a little bit too fresh. So it hasn't been working out for Florida there. I'm going to go with my favorite – New bet here on FanDuel, first two five shots. I'm going to take Florida at plus 110 for the first five shots of the game as a team in the first 10 minutes. Yep. They're down to nothing. Stanley Cup Finals, you're back at home. You've had two games where you haven't been playing hockey. You've just been going after guys. Like, now, now's the time to play hockey. So, if they don't come to the gates hard, right, I think we're all kind of predicting them to come to the gates hard. Um, so, that's the one I'm going to jump on is, is their team to uh, – First to five shots in the first 10 minutes, you get plus plus 110 as a price. So I like that. Uh, Ian, I, I like your I like your over on the first period. I think that's a pretty good bet. And I finally am going to jump on the the over in the game. So um, I have found it for over 5.5 at, at minus 128. I think I was on the under last game. I was kind of waiting for things to clamp down. And I just think Bob's Bob's bubble was kind of kind of popped here. I still expect him to play well, but the likelihood of him keeping it, uh, you know, a one or, or shutting out a team, I think is kind of, has been tough with Vegas. Vegas just too, too deep playing too well. I also, I also look for Florida to finally like maybe do something on the power play here, chip one in here, there on the power play. Um, Aiden Hills just had too many huge saves. So I, I feel Florida's got to pop, pop a couple in. So if you can find that full game uh, at 5.5, I like the over on that. I'm going to jump on the Jack Eichel train as well. The uh, assist prop for, for plus 100, so so plus money there. That's unbelievable. That prop is only yeah. plus 100. I mean, he's two assists in each of the first two, each of the first two games. Two assists in game one, two assists in game two. He's been setting up his teammates more than scoring. 
And this yeah. goes back to the Dallas series. And his assist prop is still plus 100, plus 104 at uh, FanDuel. That's insanity. Yeah, he's got, he's got six yeah. in his last five. He's he's leading the uh, the playoffs in assists. Yep. So that one there, even even though they're in Florida, that, I'm going to jump on that. Um, Rich, just from the chat there, yeah, I'm waiting yeah. on tour to get six in a game. That was uh, that was a prop I put in at the start of the series. He's been hitting those in OT games, so I'm I'm still waiting for that OT game. That's that's usually where he kind of pops off and uh, and hits that number. So I'm kind of still hoping for for a tie as well. And then uh, David in, in the chat is he wants me to hit those under props, my uh, my under props that I like. And I agree with Ian right now. I've been pretty light on props since since the first round, just because I find it's tough. It's tough. It's it's kind of all over the place uh, in, in these playoff series. So I've been pretty light on those. So I just have the one with uh, Jack Jack Eichel, but that's a, that's a over on uh, at least one assist, and that's what I got for the game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, there's definitely some uh, good options here as far as uh, player props go uh, here tonight uh, in this one. Um, you know, if, 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 to be quite honest with you, as far as uh, player props go, there's uh, uh, if you're going to look at a um, couple that are if you're going to look at something in the uh, under uh, variety, I guess, tonight uh, in this game, uh, I'm just going down the list. I don't mind taking a shot with um, Reinhardt under. I don't know. I just uh, I find Reinhardt's had a very quiet series. You know, and you do get plus money with that prop. Now, the only concern is this is a Florida team that's got to go all out, and everybody's got to go all out. So maybe this is a night you say, well, Reinhardt's not exactly been at the, at the forefront offensively, but tonight's the night he's got to come alive. But we haven't really seen it. So if you're going to take a shot with an under points prop, he'd be the guy, I think. You know, and the price is good. Plus 135 on the under, 0.5 points uh, for uh, Sam Reinhardt tonight. The other Sam is the one I think is going to be more um, – uh, noticeable tonight for Florida, Sam Bennett uh, for the uh, Florida uh, Panthers here uh, tonight in this game. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Reinhardt has been invisible, missing hits, shots, ruined my, yeah, exactly. Taylor. Yeah. That's uh, to me, he has been quiet. If you're going to like, Dave, there you go, Dave, you wanted an under prop. That would be that. If I had to pick one, that's who it would be, especially for Florida. It would be Sam Reinhardt uh, under uh, a point or to get no points essentially at plus plus one thirty-five. Uh, so that one ain't bad because, I think, again, his impact in the series hasn't been great. I'm fascinated to see, guys, what we get from Bobrovsky tonight because he's had just this incredible run. He has a game to forget, a nightmarish game in game two. Not all his fault, obviously. Not all his fault. But, you know, they were beating him high. They were starting to go high on him uh, with the shots. Uh, he wasn't nearly tracking the puck as well. He gets pulled. And I wish I could have gotten a uh, an image a snapshot image at the time of some of the television shots that were caught in game two after Bobrovsky got pulled and he's sitting there on the bench. You talk about a sad looking face. Oh my gosh. The, the times they show Bobrovsky on the bench after he got pulled the other night, he looked like someone died in the family, honestly, like just totally depressed, totally disillusioned with uh, what just happened here. Uh, and he looked uh he looked like he was going to cry. Honestly, I thought I thought for a minute there was there was going to be a tear or two, you know, strolling down the cheeks. You know, at some what point a, what a turn from yeah, uh, you know, a, a game and a half ago from when he got pulled to when he's crying because he's going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. So like, how fast can things things change here? Um, yeah. So it would be interesting to see see what you get. I was looking for that bounce back from in game two. I actually liked this game in game one. I thought I thought he was very good. Made some big saves. I thought Florida was just, yeah, gave gave up too much. Um, the goals that he gave up in game one didn't fault him too much. I thought traffic had a lot lot to do with it. 
you know, Vegas is doing a really good job of making sure they, they know he's hot. So they're, they're always getting a body in front of his face, which yep. Florida has to do with Hill now. They, they kind of got to take a page out of, of Vegas, Vegas, Vegas's books. But uh, yeah, what, what a turn from, from crying because you're going to the Stanley Cup finals to beat on the bench, pulled crying out of, uh, you know, being upset. So Yeah, and on the verge of crying after being pulled. Yeah, exactly. And uh, game uh, two. Uh, but yeah, he looked just, I mean, depressed is not even a strong enough word. You know, that, that old saying, a picture says it tells a thousand words, man, that those images of Bobrovsky on the bench after getting pulled in game two, I mean, just, you, just total black look of depression and just completely like he wanted to break down and cry, honestly. Well, to borrow Wait, line, pulled, sorry, like I said, borrow line from the old movie Friday, if he gets pulled in this one, he's going to go cry in the car because it's pretty much over <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no tomorrow for florida if they lose tonight there is no question about that and don't put it past vegas that if vegas wins tonight to close this damn thing out in four because we know how they can close out a game on the road right they showed it in dallas that was that was i think that was their perfect game and that's what bruce cassidy called it perfect game that game six uh, in dallas in the western conference finals we were perfect that night Perfect perfection. That was like a perfect hockey game. Offensively, defensively, shutting it down when we had the big 4 nothing lead. I mean, you couldn't ask for better than what Vegas gave you in that game six. And, Ian, remember what I said in the backcast? And, Jimmy, I'm glad you're here to you know, witness this two weeks. I said, this gets to where Vegas is up three anything in this series. It's going to be in the back of Bruce Cassidy's mind to think, not only will I have a chance to finally you know, win the Stanley Cup first year in Vegas, but now I get to also put away this Florida team to show that killer instinct that Boston couldn't do and they were up 3-1 in the series. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a complete blowout whenever Vegas has the chance to clinch. I think that, that first chance, they're going to get it, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm with you. He yeah. can say all he wants and it doesn't matter, but it does. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then I don't know if you guys saw it too. He recently was talking about how um, ever since – the Bruins loss in game seven of 2019. And I get it. You're, if you're, if you're the son or daughter of a, a player or coach, you're going to hear some stuff. It's tough. You can be a target, but he said it was pretty bad. What his kids had to deal with over the years in Boston uh, for that loss. And, you know, so they still have a cup. I mean, uh, they still have a house on Cape Cod. And I think he's going to bring that cup back to Cape Cod and shove it in their face. Yeah, I think uh, it's that's two wins away from happening. Uh, there's yep. no. How about all the ex-Boston Bruins connections, by the way, that are now on this Vegas team? When you think of it, uh, when you talk about mm-hmm. Bruce Cassidy, I'm not talking necessarily players. Uh, I'm talking about two, Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty, their fucking mm-hmm. television broadcast team. Mm-hmm. Dave Gosher, longtime Bruins radio voice. Yep. Shane Knighty with that Bruins Stanley Cup team uh, in yep. 2011. Their meter, their meter relations director too. Uh, I don't know if he's, he might have a different position now, but for a while there's a guy named Eric Tosi who I dealt with a lot. He was uh, the media, media relations director here with the Bruins. And he went out there with Gosher when the, uh, when the Vegas Knights came about. Yeah. So he, uh, he took the opportunity that was given to him, television opportunity. Why the hell not? Yeah. Television pays more than radio. I, I miss Gosh. He's, he, Gosh was great. He was a really, uh, he did a great job. He's a lot better than the radio guy they have now, Judd Surratt. I'm more of a Dave Gosher fan. Yeah, there we go. And, uh, yeah, definitely missed. I, I've noticed that. I've noticed Bruins fans, and whenever I see Gosher tweet something and I'm seeing in the replies, Bruins fans saying, miss you, Dave, miss you, Dave, wish you were still yep. in Boston. Like, that's the that's the large sentiment, uh, definitely, yeah. is that he's missed. 
uh, back in uh, Beantown, and rightfully so, does an outstanding job. Uh, hopefully we do an outstanding – oh, yeah, Aiden Hill saves. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. I think that was Dave in our chat, Dave Redling, uh, mentioning that with the uh, saves uh, prop. Yes, this is the night to take it for sure. Aiden Hill over 30 and a half saves. The one concern is always, you know, what if – I don't think it will happen, but let's say Florida, like, just blitzes them early, 3-4 nothing, and they give Hill a rest and they pull him. That's the only fear you have, but I, I, I don't think he'll be that – he'll cave in that much, even if Florida's throwing a bunch of shots – uh, Adams. So uh, I do like that over saves for uh, Aiden Hill tonight, uh, over 30 and a half. Uh, I'd take a shot with it here uh, in this game. Cause again, for Florida, it's, you don't leave anything in a holster in a game like this. You have to come out firing right from the opening face off. Uh, and I think they will uh, great stuff with uh, Alex and Jimmy and Kevin and everyone in the chat. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Make sure you're checking out patreon.com slash ice guys, uh, just $10 a month, goalie charts, totals, charts, power ratings, ice guys show betting card, uh, bonus Patreon content. We'll have a little bit more bonus content that I'll be recording with a couple of guests in the next week or so. And we'll post those. And we've got a bunch of player suite as we're going to call it player interviews planned for the summer uh, during the off season, just to keep the content flow going. Uh, even though we won't have daily shows or even weekly shows anymore, uh, during the summer, but we will have, although we will still have our free agency recap show, which we love doing uh, in uh, early July. Uh, we're looking forward to that, but we've got some uh, great interviews coming up, current and former players, uh, players that are not only former players, former NHL players, but they're actually in scouting roles. We've got a couple that are on the radar for our summer interview series. So we're looking forward to that uh, throughout the uh, summer months. So that'll be exclusively for our Patreon uh, subscribers and members. So make sure you're checking that out. Patreon.com slash ice guys. Also make sure to check out the ice guys store. Listen, I know it's my birthday, but there's no reason why you at home listening or watching this can't treat yourself to something nice. So check out ice guys that my Grab a t-shirt or a cap or a hoodie or anything. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff up there at the shop. So ice guys. Happy birthday, Alex. Com. Thank you. Thank you. Jimmy. I didn't realize it. Happy no, birthday. There we go. No, I, I, I always, I, I've known Alex long enough to know always that it's June. I just forget always which day of the week it is. Yeah, but I always knew it was June. Uh, it's June, but uh, yeah, today is the day. Thirty-four that's years crazy. old. Or, so I, I actually then with Alex, that's eight straight days of people I know with birthdays. We had like wow, five wow. in the middle, five consecutive ones in our family with like cousins and what have you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you, you've got it now up to eight straight days. There we go. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. Yeah, I've had those. July is the is the month for me with that. Like, there's literally okay. like people out of people I know, friends, family, colleagues. Uh, there's like uh, I think for me four or five days in a row where it's birthdays, yeah. including my own, uh, which is a month away uh, in uh, mid July. So yeah, it's coming up for me too, um, and uh, looking forward to that. And so we w again wish Alex happy birthday. And uh, a few hours after this show uh, and tonight, that's when the fun begins yes. uh, for our guy <laughs> Alex and uh, sure. getting into that boozing. Uh, which uh, is always one of my favorite parts uh, of any birthday that either I celebrate or anybody I know uh, they're, they're into the drinking side of things. So uh, that's good. It's always the best part of celebrating a birthday. Uh, good stuff. Um, shout out to everyone in the chat at the like button. We will be back in just a moment to wrap things up with best bets for game three of the Stanley cup final right after we hear from manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. 
with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair uh, and among other things. Uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets for game three of the Stanley Cup final tonight on this Thursday night, on this birthday Thursday for our guy, Alex B. Smith, who, as always, we start with for best bet. Yeah, so like I said, this is now or never for Florida. It's not just game three. It's specifically the first period of game three. They have to come out uh, hotter than a pistol, and they've got to find a way to beat Aiden Hill and get goals and get momentum back on their side in this game and in this series. Uh, I think they should be able to do that. Like I said, you know, it's the first time Vegas is traveling from west to east in quite a while. Maybe a little little rusty and, you know, not getting their legs quite under them just yet. Florida's going to have all, all the heat on their side. So let's go with the Panthers. First period puck line, laying the half a goal, plus 180 is the highest price you can find. Uh, definitely shop around and grab the best number available. That's the best bet for my birthday. There we go, and it's a good – I like that one as well. Florida Panthers minus a half, plus 180, first period puck line for Alex with his uh, best bet. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like for a uh, best bet? Yeah, I'm going to go with that first period puck line as well, guys. I, I see the Panthers coming out flying, so give me that. All right, there we go. Uh, Florida as well. <laughs> Got to bring out the Panthers sound for that. Yeah, two Florida Panthers puck line best bets, minus a half, plus 180. Jimmy as well in the first period for his best bet. Uh, Kevin Beach, what do you got for us for best bet? Yeah, as much as I love the Panthers early, I think I'm going to even things out. And I just, I like this price too much. Uh, Jack Eichel, anytime assist, uh, either, you know, around plus 100, plus 105, whatever you can find, uh, shop around a bit. But uh, for the guy who's leading the league and in, in, in assists and playoffs, and he's got six in his last five, I just like that price too much. Um, I think just David in the chat was asking about Eichel under 3.5 shots, and uh, that's not that's not a bad bet. So I like that one too. All right, there. That is an incredible price. You're looking at even money plus 100 to plus 105. Jack Eichel to get an assist, and he's been racking them up here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Two assists in each of the first two games. Uh, Jack Eichel plus 100 plus 105 to get an assist tonight for Kevin Beach with his best bet. And my best bet: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. First period over in each of the first two games, and right back to it tonight as well. Uh, Florida, Vegas, over one and a half, minus 120, first period. 
uh, I think once again, we get two goals uh, in the opening 20 minutes of this game. So uh, Golden Knights, uh, Pan- yeah, Golden Knights, Panthers over one and a half minus 120 in the first period for my best bet. That'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We're back Saturday, noon Eastern, game four uh, edition of the Ice Guys as we preview game four of the Stanley Cup final. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live every Stanley Cup final game day. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For the birthday boy, Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, and Kevin Beach, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll see you Saturday, noon Eastern, for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.